Hey everyone, welcome to episode 241 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And everyone's here. Last week we had a supplement because John was with us. But this week everyone is back and, you know, it just doesn't happen all the time. So it's really nice when it does. All right. We have started this new series, Stewarding the Gospel. And it, as I've been thinking about these, it really has kind of hit home to me that so much of what we're talking about is everyday stuff. And it brought back some memories to me on different subjects, both weeks, actually. I'm hoping that it's in a format that just will reach out and touch little places inside of you as you're listening and as you really stop to take a moment and think about it past just the word. Because the words are things and the subjects are things we've all heard before. But I've really started to think about this in a different way. And this week, it was stewarding the gospel of unfairness. And I'm like, well, if there's anything that universally <laughs> across the board, we should all be able to resonate with from kids, even to adults. I mean, adults are no better than kids at this, honestly. It's and maybe we're worse. At least the kids will openly <laughs> admit it. They'll they'll yeah, fight for it. True. They'll tell someone that's not fair. But how many times the things that adults think are unfair, do we actually go to someone else and say that's not fair? Because most of the time, I think truly in our hearts, we know that we're just jealous, that we're wrong, or that we're just having a day or whatever the the underlying factor is. So I think the kids might even have us on this one. But like last week, I want to start with reading the outline paragraph from the message, because I think it really just puts it in a way that's pretty easy to understand. And it really kind of bases everything else that we're going to talk about. It said, if I run a good race, if I keep the faith, if I obey the law, it seems to be fair that there's a crown of righteousness and glorious future waiting me, right? But how can it be fair for God to do it all and I just benefit? How can it be right that everyone gets a gift? Who really wants to be treated fairly? <laughs> and man, it really struck me as something that I've struggled with over good and bad, worse and other at other times. But growing up in the Midwest, and Jeff, you can attest to this, it's a it's a very much about blue collar, hard work, accountability, bootstrap living. And there's many good attributes to such living. It can make someone a desired employee by being dependable. You're an on-time, self-starter, work efficiently with little to no direction, generally tend to be great leaders and stick with it until the job's done. And more importantly, the job's done right. And my grandpa James used to quote Second Thessalonians 3.10 to us as grandkids <laughs> all the time. For when even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Anytime he had something for us to do and we grumbled or we complained or we just didn't get out the door as quickly as he thought we should and give as much effort as he thought we should, that was the first one that he brought up all the time. So, I mean, to be clear, we aren't saying that running a good race, keeping the faith, obeying the law are bad things, but rather since those things do not buy or guarantee our salvation – and that any success we have in those things are clearly gifts from God and his grace. Thinking that anything is deserved other than death is pretty much the unfair part. Did I get that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and I loved it, Andy, because you, you started talking early on uh, the story about the rich young ruler speaking with Jesus. And in his response, you said, 
with boldness that lacks understanding, the young man claims to have kept all the commandments. <laughs> but really, couldn't this be the same thing? I mean, we get hung up on the camel passing through the eye of the needle and his perfection statement from Jesus was, you know, he had to take everything he had and give it to the poor. And we like to hit on the camel passing through the eye of the needle. And then we broadly apply that to anyone who we think might be wealthy or more wealthy than ourselves. <laughs> but Jesus could really have adjusted the perfection to fit anyone who would ask, correct? Yeah. I mean, anybody who would have the audacity to believe they had been, you know, <laughs> sufficient keepers of the law. <laughs> right. So it really can be whatever our weakness is. Jesus could say the same thing. So Wealthy people kind of get a bad rap in this one when really we should all be, again, we're all like, well, that's fair. Those rich people, they've got it easy anyway. I don't think Jesus sits there and creates sayings that he's just going to hand off to anybody that comes his way. This was specific, I think this was a specific message to that one person. I don't think that the message for all people who have possessions is to sell all they have and give it to the poor. I don't think that's the message to everybody. I think if if this person relies on that stuff and that's what's keeping him, then that's what Jesus is going to say. But Jesus doesn't say to you or to me, just like you just said, I think Jesus understood what was keeping this man from following him. But I don't think that's a message to all rich people unless that's the piece that's keeping them from following Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of sermons that would disagree with you, but I think you're right. <laughs> My question then is, would you be curious? I'm curious for me. I would love to ask Jesus as this person got a chance to do. And I mean, I don't know what you'd call me. I'm not rich. I'm not a ruler and I'm not young. So I'm not sure exactly, you know, maybe you guys could give me my moniker so I know what I am before I ask. But what, what, what am I? <laughs> Well, I'm a poor we'll dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think that, you know, rich is always relative anyway. Oh, right. Exactly. So if you're relying on your possessions or your whatever you want to call riches, if that is what is keeping you from being able to follow, because he said, sell all you have, then follow me. Well, is, but, his, yeah. but his first answer was, if you want eternal life, keep the commandments. Well, yeah, you know, and that's and that's been, I mean, the requirement for eternal life is today what it always has been: perfect obedience to God's law. It's just right. that we're all we're all screwed to begin with. Okay, but, so why that statement of keep the commandments? Is it just because his pride was so large in 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 probably his stature and his place in that community that he may have been? just prideful in the fact that he kept most of the laws or nearly all the laws, or maybe in his head, he kept them all. I think he lived under the illusion that he had kept them all. Okay. Um, Oh, I think that was a huge illusion, which is the reason why it was so easy (laughs) for him to cling to those possessions because those are all things that he had done as well. Okay. So he had had earned all those things he had in his mind. So I'm over two. I'm not under any disillusionment <laughs> then that I'm rich, young, or a ruler, and I am not under any disillusion that I've kept even any of them very well at all. <laughs> so I really would like to be able to speak to Jesus in this, however the meeting could happen right now, face-to-face. I know we can pray and we can do that, but face-to-face, and I would love for that to be 
in the Bible for the future in heaven, maybe heaven's Bible. Like where I think, I think there's going to be a Bible and I've always kind of, this is one of my weird conspiracy theories. So just throw it out as with the bathwater, but we have the Bible of what happened on earth up into a certain point. And I think when we get to heaven, there's going to be another Bible that each of us have, or that is collective, that includes everyone. And it's all things that, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a, a teaching kind of thing, or if it's just going to be for the record, but you know, like, I want to know what mine would say. I was the, you know, semi affluent, middle-aged, uh, what was the last one? Uh, <laughs> podcaster. I don't know. Communicator, whatever. But what would Jesus put on mine? And that's really what I've been thinking about since I heard you give this message, Andy, is we like to pick up because it's so easy. We just said, yeah, we're pretty much thinking he's under the disillusionment that he's kept them all. And, you know, we know that the pride of his possessions were what Jesus knew in his heart was what he needed to let go of in order to have a chance to follow Jesus and his the first shall be last mentality. What's mine? Yeah. I think that that's what we need to to figure out for each of us because if we come to the same conclusion, if we figure that out and then go, well, there's no way I'm going to go away sad because I can't do that or I'm not willing to do that. How yeah. Do we, how do we find, how do well, we find I, that out? You know, it's interesting how people are when they hit rock bottom. It's sometimes the only way they find uh, you know, some semblance of a key in their life that would actually say, now I can actually start to heal. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think that that's what, you know, Jesus is saying. He's saying, well, okay, so you've, <laughs> but in terms of the law, you're disillusioned. Okay. <laughs> so now let me just tell you really what it's all about. And that is that you're clinging to a faith that you believe is centered on you, not on me. And so I think with all of us, it's the same story. I think until we are willing to give up who we are in that equation, because somehow we think we're in that equation. I think we think that we're partners with God in our salvation. You do a little, I'll do a little. And yeah, <laughs> and, and that's not at all the equation. So, you know, until we take ourselves out, that's that's going to that's going to be the thing that Jesus, I think, tells us to, you know, hey, until you sacrifice and give up this. Well, that's really interesting to me that that, you know, in a world that increasingly is screaming about that's not fair and I want fairness. Yeah. yeah. um, To recognize that really in the eternal scheme of things, I do not want fairness. (laughs) Right. Not at all. No, exactly. That's the other side, right, Andy? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jeff. Well, the other side is, is that I'm, if I'm part of the equation, then, ooh, I don't want to get what I deserve. So, Right. Right. Well, I think you're right, Jeff. On the rock bottom, I'm one to know on that one too. I've been there. And you're right, because when you get to that place, it opens a lot of doors that allow you to see into places of yourself and of others and of situations that seemingly were just not so obvious in any other format. And it's hard to explain unless you've really been to the point where through addiction, through life choices, through relationships, when maybe like those three and money, like if you add those three, like relationships, addictions, and money, and you add those three together at all at rock bottom, there's not much left that are not tied to those in your life. 
So if you can, if you find yourself in that place, it really does allow you to see things that you never, at least for me, I've never seen things in such clarity about situations, about people, and even about myself, where you are forced to take personal inventory and you are forced to deal with them, whether you want to or not. There's something about that place that you can't get away from. It doesn't just go away. You can't just ignore it. You get to that point, and I, I suppose it's probably different from for everyone, but after going through that, I've never looked at myself the same. I've never been the same. I've never looked at others the same. And I'm like, you know, why Why does it have to get to that point before we have a lot of clarity? Maybe, maybe that was just me. Maybe that's not for everyone. But it just seems like when we have no place else to turn, that's when things sometimes are the clearest. And it would sure be nice to have like, hey, here's five quick tips to make sure you can see things a little clear without going all the way to the bottom. Yeah. And I don't know what those are. Well, you know, the question in the very beginning is the question I think that is the tip is that he's coming to Jesus for himself. Mm. Yeah. And so as soon as I get clouded by all of the things that seem to draw me inward and belly gaze and, and become myopic in my focus, then yes, it probably, until I can lose that focus, until I can change my focus, because Jesus makes it pretty doggone clear that the two things that are the commandments are love him and then love my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. So those are pretty good commandments when you, when you boil it down. And obviously he was concerned about himself and, you know, his own salvation. So. What must I do? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I liked how both of the the stories or the parables that you used were both about money. So I'm, you know, I do feel like as much as that was what he called out, but the parable of the landowner, you know, it always plays well. People love to tell the story, people love to teach with it. Jesus did, obviously. But it's a nice story about how grace-filled fairness works in theory. And how we love to resonate with the late day workers. You know, they're granted the full day's wages for just a mere fraction of the sweat equity of those who'd been there since the beginning of the morning. And it seems like, you know, whatever side or viewpoint we take depends a lot. Like, where are we in our own life? Obviously, things seem fair when they benefit us and unfair when they don't. But I think so much of where we go so wrong when it comes to money or to fairness and generosity, treating people with the grace that Jesus demands of us is that our lives are so geared to be so fast paced that we just make decisions in a blink of an eye and move on. Well, we got to have yeah. this done. Okay, we do it. <laughs> we label it with our gut reaction like, well, obviously that's not fair or yeah. And we don't give it a second thought. And I feel like when maybe we take time to digest, we kind of really sink our teeth into both sides, maybe even sleep on it, that we have a much more balanced opinion. But how do we help each other do that when we're all living in this same thing? You know, the, the news comes out so fast and we immediately take a side. We don't even listen because we already know what the other side is going to say. We we don't really sit down and, and read and digest and think. And I met Bill Crofton at, at Costco today. We bumped into each other and he said, you know what the problem is? People don't read. People don't read yeah, and, well, and people don't read <laughs> history and people don't read their Bible and and having things that instead of just having our greed 
when we don't fill it with something positive, the negative pops up essentially. And so when those other things pop up, it just gives us those gut reactions. And then we just move on and we put our label on and move on. And that might be the worst thing we do as Christians to just turn people off to to this whole thing because it's just it, we become part of <laughs> we just become part of the machine. How can we even hold each other accountable in what we do as Christians that help us realize and just work it together more towards, especially now, taking more time to really have, before we just respond, to actually stop and think about it. And that, that was something that since I met Bill today and, and thinking about what we were going to talk about tonight, that's just been on my mind is something that I wish there was something easy that we could come up with that would just be a starting point for people that might have the same feelings of just ah, everything seems so fast paced and I, I do this, I catch myself in doing it. I'd like to do it better than that. Uh, and I don't know what the answer is, but I'm going to think on it. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a good thing to think well, on. Well, I, I, I really liked, as a matter of fact, when I was listening to the sermon, I thought, my goodness, it's such a good preempt. And I'm not trying to set up this week's sermon, <laughs> but it's a good preempt <laughs> to this. But uh, when I was thinking the whole aspect of fairness Whenever we say that word, it's not fair, we're automatically saying it's about me, you know? (laughs) And so when, you know, when you, when you hear this, uh, you know, Bill's right. I mean, when we can study and look and read and see the things that have gone on before us and, and realize that, that the world does not center around my life. That it has been going on for a long time, <laughs> yeah. and and there there's probably some cycles that we could pay attention to too. Yeah, exactly. But, but you know this this whole idea of what's fair and what's not fair is very much centered in, in our own reality most of the time. Well, in you know this last year we talked about I mentioned numerous times and we had Richard on the podcast uh, Hickam uh, from their music director here at Whole Life Church, and we had talked about it that he had started a, a year long reading plan through the Bible last year, which I was a part of, which it is now. I hope to have last year's finished before February. I got a little bit behind at the end of the year, <laughs> but it, you know it, it's we're gonna we're gonna make that goal one way or the other, and I'm, I'm right up to date with this year's. We jumped into another plan. And I found that, it, and it sounds so cliched, it sounds so corny even sometimes, reading your Bible, you know, just solves a lot of these problems and just being in touch with God and listening to God's Word and reading it and ingesting it and keeping it in your life every single day. And if you read through the Bible in a year, you're in the Bible for, you know, most days a good half an hour or more, because it's a lot of reading to get through it and breaking just breaking it up into 365 pieces. But to take the time to actually ingest it, and I that's probably been the thing this year and and last year that has kept me most centered, I think, maybe of my entire life, was just being – because you got all these other people. And if you don't comment, people start texting you like, hey, where'd you go? You still reading? Everything okay? <laughs> which, which, which is nice, but the accountability is yeah. nice too. So I think if there was one thing I would say that maybe could help us as a starting point – you know, see if there's someone you can do a Bible study with or read through the Bible in a year. It's 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 ambitious seemingly, but actually once you're in the flow of it, it really goes pretty well. And you find yourself going, oh, 
I got to do that. And I will turn off a TV show. I will turn off doing something else, playing a game or just, you know, randomly scrolling as we tend to do sometimes and then find, wow, that there, there was an hour in the Bible with different things and looking up different things that I thought about during that. And that was a much better use of my time. And I feel better about things. So there's a lot, there's a lot good going on there. It's hard to beat. It is hard yeah. to beat. Yeah, that's true. This week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, when you think about fairness, is it about everybody getting the same or each getting what they deserve? Or is it each one getting according to their need? Uh, yeah, of course. But I'm not sure which one we should always be working across or working to. So I'm asking you, what is it about fairness that makes it, you know, well, fair? Should everybody get the same? Should they get what they deserve according to their need? Now, if there's any one subject that we probably have some decently strong, overzealous maybe opinions, this is probably it. So let me hear from you. <laughs> Seriously. Like, even if it's not popular, like, I'm not going to know who you are. Just send me a text message. Let the truth hang out there. Would love to hear really what we think about fairness. So 407-965-1607. If you're bold, send a voicemail. I'm happy to play that for everyone and including ourselves to listen to, or you can do it by text anonymously or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. Our final thoughts are from the closing to Andy's message or near the closing. He said, for us to be treated fairly, to get what we deserve, to demand our rights as sinners would mean death. Let me be really candid when it comes to being treated fairly. I don't want to be treated fairly. I want something beyond what I'm due, something more than I have or could ever earn. Our performance doesn't make him the gracious God full of mercy who makes us dead folk alive in Jesus, but it is God's mercy and love and grace that move us to exert effort to do the good works God wants done. That's a hybrid together, but I liked the two together because I just want something beyond what I'm due. Not what I, I don't want to be treated fairly. I don't want to be. And then to remember when we aren't treated fairly, what it is that or how it is that we are and by whom with that we are treated fairly. And that's the most important thing to remember. And that was uh, that just made me smile when I read both of those. And I'm like, that's got to go together somehow. So that's what we did. All right. <laughs> this week is what? Steward, uh, what are we, uh, others first. Is that right? The gospel of others first. The gospel yes. of others first. Oh my! So who's uh, who's up this week? Andy, is it you or Jeff? No, Jeff's preaching this week. Oh, Jeff's preaching. Excellent. Andy, Andy handed it off this week. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, so can we, uh, what are we? What are we looking at, Jeff? Others first. I mean, well, and, and again, I'm I'm saying that that it actually is a really good setup for this because. It still is about the me equation. It's pretty hard to have the gospel of others first when you have a hard time either wanting, you know, something for yourself or not accepting yourself. I mean, it's it goes both ways. It's yeah. hard to accept others when you can't accept yourself. Ooh, man. So. All right, folks, get ready for a little self-introspection this week and get your get yourself <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be great. get yourself ready and we'll uh, we'll see if we can't figure out what Jesus would say to you when if whether or not you were a rich young ruler or you know we'll start adding these all together and I think we'll figure it out by the end of next week maybe. 
So, all right. Do join us again next when, uh, next Tuesday for Speaking of Grace if you do miss the message. And, of course, Wednesday we'll be back with episode 242, and we'll talk more about this stewardship idea and putting others first. I like the sounds of it. So thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.